Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, let's start with this coastal gas link pipeline attack that happened, the vandalism attack there. I don't know about you, but when I saw those pictures, I found them pretty shocking. It's very shocking, really disturbing. Uh, was gratified, I guess maybe that's the right word, to see that Solicitor General Mike Farnworth, uh, Deputy Premier Mike Farnworth, came out immediately and said everyone should condemn this, uh, I think, Maybe it's easy to say, but I find it kind of refreshing, actually, that politician just comes out and condemns it and doesn't try to make excuses for it. We don't know who did it anyway, so maybe it's easier. The thing that jumps to my mind, though, is, I mean, a lot of the right-wing politicians, some of them anyway, who've been making excuses for the blockade of the national capital and trying to use it to undermine the national government and to say, well, you have to understand these people are angry and they've got legitimate grievances and all that. Some of those people were strong in their condemnation of the national highway and railway blockades and the blockade of the Mm -hmm. B.C. legislature over this. What I guess what I get is, you know, we're professionally, we stand on the sidelines watching this, but... It always amazes me that ideologues who make excuses for one kind of violence and protest don't realize the degree to which those kind of arguments arm the other side. Well, this exactly is what I was talking about at my house last night, too. You wonder if watching what has happened over the last couple of weeks haven't emboldened people on the other side to say, well, look what they're getting away with, and we're going to try to get away with that, too. It does. It works the other way, too, Simi. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, you, yeah. you pull down a statue or you make excuses for somebody burning down a church. And OK, so what are the people on the other side who feel like they've got all kinds of legitimate grievances and are fed by fake news and senses of history and all that? It's the curse of our times. What about ism, right? Uh, you know, That's well, your side does something bad. Well, what about what the other side did? And the other one, of course, is, I guess, the old term, situational ethics. Uh, politicians and political leaders who adapt their stands and principles to their own political interests in a given circumstance. That's very true. So still lots of questions about this, though. Sure. I know the police came out yesterday and, and gave this information, but everybody's kind of climbed up since then. Yeah, and look, it, uh, it's, a, it's an attack in the middle of the night. Uh, clearly, somebody did it, and somebody was very determined. Uh, when they say it's well-organized, I think you just look at the pictures and you realize it wasn't just sort of uh, an idle effort. It was pretty well-organized. So it it's very disturbing to the provincial government because that pipeline, as Gordon McDonald has pointed out on your news, that pipeline is essential to the LNG development that's going ahead in Kitimat. So the billions of dollars that are being spent to export Canadian liquefied natural gas from BC and Alberta and Saskatchewan to Asian markets, um, that terminal is going to be useless if they can't get the pipeline built. It's true the pipeline is 60% built, but again, if you go on the construction site for the pipeline, you will see there is a 70-kilometer long gap in the line where very little work has been done. And that section is in the territory of the Wet'suwet'en First Nation, where some of the hereditary leaders oppose the project. So uh, that is unresolved. The government has been trying, provincial government, federal government, have been trying to negotiate uh, agreement, uh, a settlement of some sort with the Wet'suwet'en leaders, but 
it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, they still say, Simi, there's time to get the line completed and have the terminal up and running, which is true. And they're optimistic they can get it done. You do wonder, though, those images, what kind of impact will they have on the international investors? You know, Shell... Uh, the Koreans, uh, Japanese company, Chinese company, uh, they're, buy- they're building the terminal and they're buying the natural gas. And they look at this and they go, Jesus, are the Canadians going to be able to get this thing built? I mean, I don't want to cast doubts on it. I just think that's the political climate in which this happens. It's ironic, I guess, that it all happened on the same day as the New Democrats release their new economic vision for the future. Exactly. Okay, so we'll, we're waiting for more information on uh, that vandalism situation, but let's talk about that plan that was released. Uh, there was some actual news in there, right? There's more there money was, for that new centre. There was some actual news in it. Uh, I'm not 100% clear why the government felt necessary to dress it up with the apparatus of an, a bold new economic vision for British Columbia, but they did. Uh, but yes, uh, the the big news in there, and it's significant, so $138 million, not a small amount of money, uh, being poured into a new tech and trade center at BCIT, uh, will serve something like 12,000 students over the next few years when it's up and running, and it's all built around, as you say, Simi, skilled trades and training. So British Columbia has huge shortages of skilled workers, and it's only going to get worse, uh, as all the projections indicate. So this is a major step forward on that, an important development. And when Premier Horgan got asked yesterday what's new about it, what he announced, that's the main thing he pointed to. Right. Okay. So uh, other than that, though, what else was in this plan? Coming Saturday, again, the Premier flagged this, is an announcement of an, uh, they call it Agritech Excellence Center. So developing high-tech methods for agriculture, essentially. British Columbia has already made some progress on this. It's connected to food security as well in B.C., uh, you know, as we discovered during floods, um, our, our food supply isn't as secure as we thought it was. But it's also an export industry. So British Columbia Technological Developments, something comes out of this and, and we can export it. So that goes on Saturday. No details on that. No dollars on that. The dollars behind this plan uh, wait for budget day. Uh, governments announce what they call aspirational stuff all the time. There's a lot in this plan we got yesterday, Simi, that was also in the NDP's election platform 18 months ago. Uh, Look for the dollars. We got the dollars on the BCIT thing, $137 million. That's real money. That's really going ahead. Everything else in the plan, uh, there'll be more detail in the budget, we're told. Okay, then again, that goes to that question about why build this whole announcement then? Well, I guess it's a question of two things. One is maintaining momentum, uh, from the election platform way back in September. Uh, Stronger BC was the theme then. It still is. And one can understand that a government that's as wary as anybody dealing with a pandemic is trying to turn the page on the storyline. So that's part of it as well. We got the throne speech last week. We got these two announcements this week. We get the budget next week. And the government is hoping we can move on and talk about Oh, good news, economic development, uh, building for the future. You can't really blame them. Uh, They probably are of the same mind as an awful lot of British Columbians, which is, can we please turn the page? (laughs) 
Right. I think a lot of people are feeling that for sure. Whether we can remains to be seen. It wouldn't be the first time that the damn pandemic didn't cooperate. And, you know, we're seeing stuff about another variant emerging and whether or not it's more transmissible and all that. Dr. Henry, as we noticed, was fairly guarded this week, right? She didn't go all all in the way they did in Saskatchewan and Ontario and Alberta on lifting restrictions. She held back on some of them. She said, we're going to have to review. And she warned, uh, I kind of like this line, that hope is not a strategy for managing the pandemic. So, you know, we're doing some stuff, but we're also keeping options open because we recognize that even if we want it to be over, it may not be over. Yeah, that's the sad part. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Thanks, Simi. Bye-bye. Bye. That's Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Now, of course, we were talking about that coastal gas link pipeline situation. Uh, you know, waiting for more information on that. So many questions about it. What do we know? What happened? Who did it? Uh, we had a little bit of information from the police yesterday, hoping to get more as soon as possible, and we will continue to update that story. Up next, well, let's talk about some good stuff, shall we? We have been listening to your love stories all week long, and we have another one for you next.